Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So over the last, must be about six or seven months, there's been a term that has been used on social media. We've been reading about it um, on articles in the States as well. It's called quiet quitting. And it really is focusing on how you get by at work and survive without overdoing it, working too much. To tell us uh, a little bit more about it, Dr. Natasha Winkletitis is the head of the Leadership Development Program at the Stellenbosch Business School. Dr. Winkletitis, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so lovely to come at the back of that previous story about slaying uh, dragons. It is just a brilliant one. Some people um, may, in fact, be quitting quietly at work without even realizing that that's what they're doing. Tell us a little bit about what the term refers to. Yes, I would. So I want to link back to what you've just played around becoming your ideal self and finding your own authenticity. And I think it links so beautifully to work meaning and what the purpose of work in our lives are, because work has a significant purpose in our lives. Um, so there's been this term branded around called quiet quitting. Now, I first want to just make a disclaimer that quiet quitting is not an official definition and it's not a research concept. It is. It actually started with somebody just ranting on TikTok um, about some issues in the workplace and then it just took a life on its own. So first of all, the definition of quiet quitting is loaded with issues of performance, of engagement, and mental health. Um, so, so it does make it a little bit compounded, but at the end of the day, it does highlight certain things that we need to pay attention to. Um, so when somebody quietly quits, uh, you know, it comes off the, the, the um, tail end of COVID and lockdown and we saw the great resignation. So for those people that can't actually resign from their job, um, they just tend to disconnect. They go slower. They give less than they used to. Um, they miss meeting and deadlines. They're not as enthusiastic about the team or their work anymore. And those are kind of the signals you see um, that quiet quitting is referring to. You know, there is um, a term, uh, I think it's presenteeism. So we have absenteeism yes. when someone mm-hmm. um, is absent from work. But presenteeism is when they are at work, but as in their brain they are absent. Is that really yes. what quiet quitting is? To an extent, that's why I'm saying quiet quitting is compounded with a number of things, including mental health, and presenteeism is an, is a, a variable of me- mental health. So it's when you are physically in, uh, not well, but you still show up to do the work, and but you're not 100% engaged. Um, so where presenteeism speaks to wellness, Quiet quitting is, is a conscious decision to, to oh. uh, back off. So whether you're well or not, you just disengage. So look at, let's look at those two different things. So I mm-hmm. um, come to work and I do my radio show, but I, I don't make any effort whatsoever. I just mm-hmm. come on, um, read the lines, and I know that I'm doing this, but I also am doing it because I just need to – I feel that I need to – I don't know, maybe – I, um, what would be the reason that I would be doing that? 
Okay, so that's actually a brilliant example. Now, when you do that, look at what you're doing. You're impacting the performance of your show. So me as a listener are also disengaged because you don't feel very enthusiastic, so you lose a listener. So you're impacting performance. Now, that's a performance issue, you know, so it has to be addressed as a performance issue. But now the reasons you could be doing could be manifold. You could be unhappy with your employer. Um, (laughs) So you... Or you could just be disengaged because maybe this radio gig is not actually what you want to do with your life. So talking to finding your authentic voice. And so maybe you are disconnected with the type of work that you're doing. Or maybe the way the job is structured. Maybe you didn't want to do this early morning show on a Sunday. You actually wanted to do the afternoon show, but you got ladled with it. So, So the way the work is constructed is making you disengage. So do you see already how it is very important that we first find out what is happening with you? (laughs) Is it purely a performance issue? Is it a a disengagement? Or are you not present? Are you not well? So is it a mental health issue? So if we talk about a mental health issue, is that where Mm -hmm. burnout, for example, would would fit into the process? So if I was was a presenteeism person, so... I'd come in and I'd be totally disengaged, but not because of quiet quitting. We're actually because we're actually I don't want to be here on the radio, but I want to be farming in um, in KwaZulu Natal. So therefore, I just come in and I do it because I know that I have to earn. But that one day, in fact, I'm going to be farming yes. in KwaZulu Natal. But presenteeism, maybe I'm coming in and I'm doing it, and I'm just burnt out because I've been working weekends for fifty years or sixty years or yes. whatever the case may be. Yes. So, so first of all, uh, I had a beautiful author say, you know, we're not human beings are not fossil fuels, so we can't burn out. So it's a really, really <laughs> ugly thing. Um, but but yeah, we get the point. It is you you have been giving that extra a little too much. You know, you have been giving the longer hours. You have been and. Physically, you just can't give anymore. Um, and it's important for organizations to pay attention to mental wellness of employees. Yeah. Um, because mental wellness has been linked to performance and to engagement of workers. And we have to understand the reasons behind the mental wellness. The mental wellness can be physical, so you're just doing too much and you, you are tired. Or it could be stress-related, so it could be mental Um because you are not, as you say, you're not happy with what you're doing or you have a bad boss that, you know, um, or a bad, uh, um, bad working environment, a toxic working environment. Um, so there could be a number of reasons. And it's important for employees to just be close to the employees and understand what is the root causes of the challenges so that we fix the correct things. So maybe you can continue being on the radio, but you have more time off to go work on your farm, to start that for your, your next career. You know, so that's the time type of um, balance that we can help you create. Yeah, um, we, do, we have, we, you talk about balance, and in fact, we have a voice note exactly about that. Let's just listen up. Hi, Michelle. A lot of people have made work their lives. That's all they do is work, 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 work. When they go on pension, there's a major, major change in their lives. Everybody's got to have a balance between work and play because you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Mike is learning. Morning, Michelle. Just listening to your beautiful show. Um, My understanding of quiet quitting from the millennials who are in their mid-20s who live in my house 
is that it's a kind of political, personal pushback against the hungry corporate who takes over your life. So it's not about showing up at work and then just being totally disengaged. It's about having boundaries and it's about saying, no, I don't work after five. No, I don't work on weekends. No, I, t- I take a jog at lunchtime. I don't schedule meetings then. So it's just like pushback against a culture of working till you drop. And in a way, I think it's actually quite a healthy concept, quite interesting as opposed to copping out and giving up. So here's an interesting thing, and I think both Mike and our second uh, uh, comment, it, they're kind of linked because essentially, mm. Um, mm. well, I, I like uh, what our second uh, speaker was saying about millennials in her house. I want to know, are they millennials in your house because they're your family or are they? Very politely. Yeah, very politely talking about those millennials. Um, But I'd love to know um, if if it's possible, uh, you know, I suppose if it's possible to do exactly that and to really start to think about this idea of work, play, and be go beyond that. I mean, I like this idea yes. where you say, yes. you know what, do not WhatsApp me after five. Yes. You know, do yes. not expect me to work in my lunch hour every day. I go and I jog or I walk yes. or I do whatever. Yes. And it's, it's a beautiful and I, I agree with you. I think Mike and Michelle's points are actually very complimentary. I personally am not a big uh, in favor of the word balance because I don't think we can always get 100% balance. We, yeah. we prioritize and we have to get into flow. Like, like um, so the word play flow. I used to say, you have to be in flow. There's certain people that get absolutely joy in what they do. That is actually their life. You know, they're an artist. They get inspired at weird and wonderful times. Yeah. So they have no work time. And if that makes them happy and they're content in life, if they work, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, then they are happy. For some people, work serves as a meaning to to have a network, to earn an income, to then do your hobbies or to do your, your the things that make you come alive on the weekend. And that's also okay, as long as you're in flow. Um, a, a young person with small kids, need to spend more time with their kids because that's where the priority is. Whereas somebody that maybe chooses not to have children but, you know, uh, dedicate their lives to look after other kids, you know, that could be their life purpose or their work. So, so the, the notion or the idea of balance is good, but it's more about being in flow with who you are and what makes you come alive and what gives you purpose. Um, and, and I also agree with Michelle, it is a little bit of a rebellion. That's why it took off on social media. Now, something that I want to raise is, first of all, remember, this thing also come at the back of COVID and lockdown. Um, during COVID and lockdown, you know, we all... Uh, Natasha? Insecurity. So if you had a job, that was kind of the one thing you could focus on that gave you something to control. Um, and most of us worked from home as well. Um, what has happened now is we are slowly starting to, to recalibrate, to come out of that and, and try to find a new. Natasha, are you there? 
We seem to be uh, losing Natasha. Dr. Natasha Winkler-Titus is the head of the Leadership Development Program at the Stellenbosch Business School. We are talking about the concept of the term quiet quitting and what does it mean. I am interested in the idea that uh, for millennials it's a way of pushing back on the uh, corporate but I sometimes think if you're going to push back on the corporate, then why are you even working for the corporate? I mean, it, it seems to me that that may not necessarily be the right space to be in. Uh, Natasha, you're with us again. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry about that. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what I wanted to ask you. And it's it's something that I was thinking about when our listeners spoke about um, uh, millennials and how they are looking at quiet quitting as a way of pushing against um, corporate behavior. And I agree with that. I mean, I think that we, we do need to push against behaviors which are inappropriate. What I'm wondering, though, is if your pushing becomes so hard against the space that you're working in, that in itself also becomes a negative, surely. Yes, definitely. So uh, I'm not sure where you lost me, but I think one of the things that I said as I was uh, disappearing is that I do agree with Michelle as no, well. As I'm, I, I'm Michelle. So, so I'm Michelle. Oh, the listener. What the, is listener. the listener. Yeah. The I listener can't was also Michelle. Yes. Yeah, she was also Michelle. Oh. Um, so, so there was there's an element of recalibration that needs to happen. Um, yeah. So when we were locked in and we were working from home, Sometimes it was actually okay to yeah. do a little bit more. You know, you, you log in earlier, you log off later, you take a message at any time because we really had nothing to, better to do. And, and that <laughs> kind of gave us something to ground ourselves. Life is getting back into normal. We, we do have that balance. And I think that's that whole recalibration. You know, we, uh, we just have to understand that we have flow, we have other priorities. And organizations or bosses need to be careful with the type of expectations yeah. they are putting on people um, outside of what we've contracted for. Um, and that's also the important bit is, is the psychological contract that we have with workplaces. So how do we take this forward? I mean, there's so many different threads that have been included <laughs> in the, the conversation. And I see um, quite a few messages also coming through from our listeners as well. And uh, we'll see if we can uh, get hold of them. But essentially what you're saying is that how we think about work, how we think about it in relation to our personal lives, that it is about a flow. It's not one mm -hmm. and the other. And maybe it's about a weaving, maybe a fabric with yes. a thread that moves its way through. And um, maybe starting to think about it very, very differently. And, and actually not so that it's all so siloed if we're going to get it right. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And, and on the, and the uh, employer side, what employers can do is First of all, just listen to, because as I said, even though it's not a, a exact science, but it's a loud message coming through. And, and the message is about clarity and understanding what is expect, expected of me. Yeah. Um, it is about engagement and, you know, am I socially, am I emotionally, am I cognitively engaged at the workplace? And, you know, is the psychological contract still working for me? And then in terms of mental health, are people well, are they present or are they engaged? Um, and I love the third angle angle as well is the, the slow rebellion or uh, pushing back the system to say, yeah. 
you know, it's 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 a give and take. You know, it's not just about the success of the business, but all of us are part of that success. So I like that angle as well. Sure. Okay. Well, it sounds to me like uh, that's an interesting way to go. We do have another voice note. We're just going to play that for you quickly and uh, we'll respond to it before we close off. Okay. Morning, Michelle. Morning, SAFM. It's Roderick here, KZN. On the topic of quiet quitting, the caller said something about millennials saying it's sort of a rebellion. Why is it that the millennials think that they shouldn't put in the extra work. They shouldn't work hard. Everything has to be now. Everything is instant. Maybe corporate does take advantage of their staff, but any employer would be happy to promote someone that puts in the extra hours, that gives some sort of extra time just to get the work done, you know, takes on the extra load, works weekends, volunteers just to get the job done. Millennials really have to think hard about working hard. <laughs> That's Roderick <laughs> and KwaZulu-Natal. We've also got a really interesting comment from Lucky in Pretoria East saying, what is the difference between pushing back from the corporate behavior and pushing back from public service behavior? We complain about poor service in government, but we seem to have a justification by poor service in the private sector under the guise of pushing back. So I think we need to just clarify, we're not talking about poor service. We're, yes. ta- we're talking yes. about people doing their job but not going, which is what Roger yes, suggested, yes, beyond the yes. call of duty. Yes, yes. And, and the, the Rodney would be in good company with um, John Sinai because he said, you know, he's, you're quietly quitting and you'll be loudly fired. And, and he can't understand why people would want to quiet quit because he sees work as, a, you know, as something that brings joy and meaning in your life. And, and you should give the extra and you should be passionate. So, so I just want to speak about that. It is not about, and, and I, we must be careful not to contain it just with millennials. You know, it's yeah. a worker issue, and I see it across the, the uh, genders, uh, the, the generation. Um, it, the, the important element here is clarity and being engaged in the work that you do, and then the, the psychological contract by being committed to the environment in which you're in. Now, I have a team member, and you know, she's she's called a PA on our team. She does all the admin and support and all those en- enabling functions. And I had a planning session last week and she told me, oh, do I, you know, she did all the printing for me and she set up and she ordered lunch and said, oh, do I really have to be there? And I said, well, usually you add a lot of value. So I'd really appreciate if you can join us. And for the first half of the meeting, she was reasonably quiet, taking notes you know, doing her thing behind her laptop. And then we spoke about a specific topic, and I knew that was going to get her excited. She got so engaged. I could literally see the, uh, the light go on in her eye. She spoke without stopping. And I told a colleague of mine, I said, you see, you see when she comes alive, because it's the type of work that is not 100% her job description, but it gets her excited. It is working with systems and technology, and and I can get her alive when she does that type of work. Now, if I ask her to do stuff in that, she would do it on weekends or night. She, she wouldn't care when she does it because it, it 
she she feels like she's coming alive and it gives her meaning and she feels she's adding value. Now you see the two things that's important here. She's got clarity and she actually enjoys what she's doing. She feels she's making contribution, but it makes her it gives her a sense of meaning. Yeah. So if we can just tap into and that's why I said I love that storyline as I was coming in as the, the speaker was talking about becoming our ideal self. So the more we can help people do work that is natural to who they are as a person, and then in the workplaces, if we can get better at performance management or clarity about what your role is, how you do it, and how it links to the purpose and and the mission of the organization, and then if we can get better at engaging people on who they are and what they want and how we manage and lead them, then we will address this issue of quiet quitting or presenteeism or all of these types of elements. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's what I would say on that. So, so when, you, when you talk about clarity, and I think um, what you were saying a little earlier, the, the implication is that um, to ensure that it's not just simply quiet quitting, the implication is that it also talks to leadership. It talks to um, who is um, leading the team and what kind of support are they giving? What kind of clarity are they giving to the job description uh, for the person around them? What kind of uh, incentives are they giving? And I'm not talking about financial incentives necessarily. I'm talking about other incentives as well. How, how does that work for you? Exactly. It talks to all those people practices that we have in an organization. And it, it does uh, spotlight leaders mostly, but it's also about the people that's working in the system because you have a formal contract but you also have a psychological contract and I find too many organizations still have people practices that are not complementary to um, the the era and the context that we work in and it's not 100% speaking to the needs of people in today's world so the clarity is yes it links to performance it links to jobs and all of those things are people practices. Um, You mentioned a very important thing, incentive. How many companies still have a a one-focus incentive scheme? You know, we all get a bonus at the end of the year. We all do, you know, where some people need the cash, but other people actually want something else. Maybe they want an opportunity to travel and go visit the office in another country. Maybe somebody else wants career opportunities. Maybe they want um, more learning and development. We we don't customize how we incentivize and, and motivate people in the workplace. It's all a, a one-channel um, system. Uh, and that's also, you know, part of the challenge of, of how we manage and lead people in the system. So, okay, we've got a message from someone. Uh, also, people are obviously taking this. So maybe we're all thinking about are we quiet quitting or not? Let's listen up. Morning, Michelle. It's Vugani from KZN. Uh, I just want to check if we, we, we do include banks in this uh, corporate culture thing, because if we do, then we need to review uh, that there is competency in, in the corporate culture and, and dedication, because there is a lot of mediocrity in the banking sector. And uh, if you can have a show where you just ask the the, 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 
the listeners to relate their stories of mediocrity in, in the banking sector. You'll be shocked. Thank you. We've also got C who's saying, um, try changing the attitude, try mindfulness and see, see what happens. Uh, Belinda saying millennials should put in the extra mile. If they're um, with a good corporate, they will be recognized and rewarded. It is about give and take. So there's lots of different comments to it. And I think you're quite correct in saying this is not simply about millennials. And we need to understand that, in fact, millennials are now in their, if I'm not mistaken, 30s, shifting into 40s. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop thinking about millennials as young 20-somethings, etc. Yeah. They are <laughs> Most of those millennials are probably in leadership positions themselves yeah. right now. So mm-hmm. let's, um, let's clarify that one as well. I suppose in closing, Dr. Natasha, and just to, to, to comment on what our one listener was saying, is mediocrity, we're not talking mediocrity and we're not talking bad performance. We're simply yes. talking day. Well, I suppose it is a little bit like mediocrity. It's like you're just doing your job. No, no fireworks there. Yeah. But, but also, unfortunately, quite quickly does say, if you look at some of the definitions out there, it does talk about doing less, so arriving late and leaving early, and that's kind of going against your contract. If your contract said, I'm going to give eight hours a day then, and you give less, then it's a performance issue. If you give more, then it's you, you're going the extra mile. Um, so, Yeah. Fantastic. Dr. Natasha Winkler-Titus, I feel like this is a conversation we could just uh, turn into an entire hour-long engagement. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Dr. Winkler-Titus is the head of the Leadership Development Program at Stellenbosch Business School, talking about the concept of quiet quitting, which uh, is essentially about doing the bare minimum to get by at work and to look at um, the flow, as she says, of work and play. How does that operate? How does it uh, engage? You're welcome to keep sending us your uh, comments, but you're also welcome to send us your big fat juices as well. You can SMS on SMS rates 41391. You can also give us an old-fashioned phone call 0860002032 or WhatsApp us with a voice note on 0614104107. And uh, otherwise, follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFMJSB, or at Mish Constant. Um, some plenty of this, some very funny comments. I'll mention them uh, at the end of our intro of the second hour. It's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning, Anne.